Welcome to Newsmax Daily, your inside track for all things Newsmax. Happy Friday. Today is February 24th, 2023, World Bartender Day and National Tortilla Day, which couldn't be any more appropriate for a Friday, right? And if you're eating fish and chips while you're at the bar or because it's Lent, today is also National Tartar Sauce Day. So whatever you're doing, hope you're having a wonderful Friday. Top news story, it is the one-year anniversary of Russia's war on Ukraine. President Biden just back from Ukraine and Poland participating in a virtual meeting with G7 leaders and Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky this morning to continue coordinating efforts to support Ukraine and hold Russia accountable. As concerns grow over whether China is helping support Russia, we started off with Newsmax chief White House correspondent James Rosen. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and other top officials of the Biden administration, the warnings against Beijing coming to Russia's aid have been accompanied by assurances to reporters that China knows full well what the consequences of such actions would be. All of that was not lost on Chinese State Counselor Wang Yi, nor his host at the Kremlin yesterday, Russian President Vladimir Putin. Today, the Wall Street Journal reported that President Biden is considered considering declassifying intelligence that would show that the Chinese have been considering such assistance to its ally in Moscow, even as there appears to be as yet no smoking gun evidence that China is pressing forward with such plans. We haven't seen China provide this kind of support yet, uh, but they haven't said it's off the table. Uh, but again, we haven't seen it happen at this time. We, ha- we haven't seen them provide the support. Uh, but again, uh, you know, we're going to continue monitoring this. And what would the consequences be for China if they were to provide So, so far it hasn't happened, uh, as I just mentioned. So I'm not going to talk about something that hasn't yet happened or occurred. Uh, but again, you know, uh, we will uh, continue to keep an eye on this. That from today's White House press briefing, which concluded less than an hour ago, repeatedly during that briefing, Ms. Jean-Pierre was asked if President Biden has any plans to travel to East Palestine, Ohio. Repeatedly, Jean-Pierre said she had no trips to announce, even as she maintained that the administration is getting the job done on the ground in that stricken community. Bob and Katrina. Uh, James, let me ask you something. It seems like the administration was the very ones, it may have been Blinken, I forget who it was, that was suggesting that China may be providing weapons to uh, Russia. And yet now you have KJP saying, well, there's no evidence of that. Well, which is it? You're the ones that were putting it out there. What the administration was putting out there, Bob, was that they had reason to believe that China was considering providing direct lethal aid Uh, to the Kremlin and also helping the Kremlin evade the effects of Western sanctions, that China was supposedly considering such moves, uh, which the U.S. responded to with warnings that we've seen from the Secretary of State and others. Uh, Today, what we heard from Karine Jean-Pierre at the White House just now was that they don't have any evidence that China is actively doing that as of yet. Uh, So it does place the administration in the position of of having to explain, which they haven't to date, uh, why they would go fo- go public with the suggestion that China is considering this when they have no evidence that China is actually moving forward with it.
Again, that's White House correspondent James Rosen on American Agenda with Bob Sellers. Meanwhile, at Thursday's White House press briefing, questions on the lack of response to the Ohio train derailment continued. We read out uh, uh, a, um, conversations that he had with the, with uh, Governor DeWine, Governor Shapiro, Senator Brown, EPA Administrator Regan, and Congressman Johnson while he was in Poland. So he was still working and getting updates and focusing on what was happening in East Palestine while he was uh, doing incredibly important work. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre, who also said it has nothing to do with Ohio being a red state. He's the president for red and blue states. He, uh, of course, wants to provide that support. That's what he's been doing. That's why you've seen the Environmental uh, Prote- uh, Protection Agency administrator on the ground. That's why you're seeing Secretary Buttigieg on the ground. And as she said there, Mayor Pete was finally on the ground at the scene of the massive toxic train derailment. That would be the key word in the entire situation, toxic environmental disaster coverage from Chris Salcedo, host of the Chris Salcedo Show. We start in East Palestine, Ohio, where Mayor Pete, after three weeks, finally showed up to do his job after the Biden regime was embarrassed and upstaged by President Trump yesterday. Buttigieg made his photo op at the crack of dawn, 7 o'clock in the morning, before angry townsfolk were up and around. But some in the fair press were up early, too. They wanted to know why Mayor Pete took three weeks to get to East Palestine, why Mayor Pete showed up a day after President Trump stood shoulder to shoulder with the victims in that town. Watch what the press secretary, yes, the press secretary, the person whose job it is to answer questions from the press, what she said in response to those questions. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I do not want to be on camera. Uh, well, please put your cameras away. I'm sorry, we're on a public area, uh, so we She's are allowed as press. I, and you guys, I would like you guys to turn your cameras off. You're on my happy. camera. Well, I'm on a con- camera. I would like your cameras to be off, and then I'm happy to talk to you guys. Well, if you are the press secretary of the secretary of the Department of Transportation, don't you think you should be able to ask questions from the American public that Absolutely. you serve? Absolutely. I would like to do it without the camera on. Can I ask why? I think that is a little bit aggressive. That's well, why. And why is it aggressive? It. I'm, I'm, I'm behalf- Wow. In the era of unaccountable leftists in government, it's now considered aggressive. Sorry, maybe even a microaggression to get your government to go on the record on camera about government's performance or lack thereof. And does anyone else find it ironic that a press secretary doesn't want to appear on camera in the press? Perhaps she's in the wrong line of work. But that defines nearly the entirety of the Biden regime, doesn't it? These people are unqualified to be doing the jobs they are doing. And that's why they don't want any videographic evidence showing that they are unqualified. Turn off those cameras. The free press is dead. Haven't you heard the Democrats are running the show now? Only unaccountable dictators run a government in such a fashion. Buttigieg and the administration pinning the accident on former President Trump and former Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao because they withdrew an Obama-Biden-era proposal that would have required faster brakes for trains carrying highly flammable materials, something that some people who listen to this podcast have talked about on social media, a lot of people posting an article that was in Fortune magazine. Remember, Buttigieg said the reason he didn't go to Ohio 
Ohio sooner, and again, this happened 21 days ago, was to stay out of the way of the NTSB and its investigation. Well, NTSB chairwoman Jennifer Homendy said that regardless of whether the proposal, the brake proposal, was in effect or not, the train that traveled through East Palestine would not have had those brakes anyway. That's also published in the Washington Examiner. And Wednesday, during Trump's visit... I want to thank those of uh, you that helped uh, John Rourke, who's fantastic, Blue Line Moving. Uh, Is John here? Hello, John. Good job. Got a lot of trucks coming up with water, right? Thursday, John Rourke spoke with John Bachman now on Newsmax. You know, honestly, it's, you know, I just feel like I want to continue to serve. You know, I want to continue to serve the American people. Um, You know, I'm retired from the Army, and uh, I still have that fight in me. I still have... uh, as they say, that dog in me, and I just want to go out and, and get after it. You know what I mean? And uh, I've, President Trump is the same exact way. I mean, the guy's out here, he's hitting holes in one. He's flying up to, you know, up to East Palestine, dropping water, dropping McDonald's on people. Like, uh, you should have heard the people screaming for Donald Trump yesterday, uh, chanting USA, USA. He brought hope to East Palestine. Um, you know, it, it was a day where everyone was rejoicing and happy and screaming and, and patriotic. And I mean, how could Joe Biden not see that that is what they need there? It was so obvious to see that these people needed leadership. And man, did he provide that yesterday? That is leadership and the servant mentality, too. I mean, for you, it's probably a privilege to be able to meet some of these people and learn their story. And it, it's sad that it's lost on some of our current leaders, that they they glossed right over this. And Pete's there today. You know, Pete Buttigieg, your reaction, John, after seeing what happened yesterday? He oh, says it's, it's not political, John. He's not there government. for political reasons. No, of course not. No, of course not. He would just show up the day after Donald Trump showed up after that reporter Jenny uh, uh, approached him and made him look awful. Obviously, he made himself look awful. She didn't make him look awful. She was just doing her job. But you know what I mean? It's, you know, Pete shows up with his bright, his bright, shiny vest on. It's, you know, looks like it just came out of the bag. Probably never worn one before. And uh, he's walking around as if he knows what he's looking at or he knows what he's talking about. I mean, let's be real here. He was a mayor in in not really a great town. I have more transportation experience being in the Army and being a logistician in the Army for a long time. I have more transportation experience than he'll ever have. But here he is on the ground talking to professionals, you know, acting the part. And it just drives me absolutely nuts. It drives me nuts because this is typical government right here. You're looking at it. A bunch of people walking around pointing and acting like they know what they're doing and they're just collecting a check. Again, that's Army vet and business owner John Rourke who supplied the trucks to get the Trump water to East Palestine, Ohio on John Bachman. Now with John Bachman, of course, and co-host Bianca De La Garza, your lunchtime go-to every day at noon Eastern on Newsmax TV. So by now you have likely heard or heard about the comments that the Georgia grand jury foreperson Emily Kors made on the Trump indictment recommendation. Republicans, Democrats, and everyone in between, people that don't even care about politics, all talking about it. And so is my friend and attorney Greta Van Susteren. Here's what she said in part. I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump. I will be sad if nothing happens. Like that's that's about my only request there is is for 
something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers. But I, I will be frustrated if nothing happens. This was too much, too much information, too much of my time, too much of everyone's time, too much of their time, too much argument in, in court about getting people to appear before us. There was just too much for this to just be, oh, okay, we're good, bye. And if it was just a perjury charge or perjury charges, would that be acceptable to you? That's fine. I will be happy as long as something happens. <laughs> I should do that and say that. What kind of juror who took an oath would be saying things like that about confidential special grand jury proceedings? It was giddy and grossly irresponsible what she said. So to repeat it, to report it, also seemed to me to be irresponsible. So now upon reflection, I know I was wrong to criticize the New York Times for interviewing her and reporting what she said, because it's an important story. Why? To put a spotlight on the special grand jury and whether it was conducted in a fair manner. It peeled back the curtain and gave you a glimpse of what the foreperson was thinking and doing, and it's an ugly one. And whether you are pro-Trump or anti-Trump, I'm sure you agree, proceedings must be fair. She did not take her job seriously. She made a mockery of it. But it gets worse. The prosecutor, shame on the prosecutor. That prosecutor had to have known that this poor person was unfit for the job. The poor person should never have been on this panel or should have been removed once she was on the panel. The prosecutor spent eight months working with the poor person and interviewing about 75 witnesses in front of the grand jury. Are you telling me there was no clue for that prosecutor? None? One short interview in the New York Times was enough for the rest of us. We did not need eight months. And if you think that I'm too hard on this prosecutor, think about this. According to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Corus, the foreperson, swore in Georgia House Speaker David Ralston before that special grand jury, and she did it, brace yourself, holding a ninja turtle popsicle. Are you telling me the prosecutor just stood there watching that, didn't think anything was a bit weird? The prosecutor is a lawyer, an officer of the court, and the prosecutor let that happen? Really? And where does an adult woman, the foreperson on a serious matter, a special grand jury, get a ninja turtle popsicle to swear in witnesses? Hold your breath for this answer. The foreperson got that ninja turtle popsicle at an ice cream party thrown by, are you still holding your breath? The district attorney's office. It was the prosecutor's party and the foreperson was part of the party. So yes, this juror is a disgrace. She tainted the grand, special grand jury system and this investigation. And the prosecutor, I would send the prosecutor to the bar. Let the bar decide whether the prosecutor should keep the prosecutor's license. Finally, thank you to the news organizations, including the New York Times, for peeling back the curtain on this one. This is the record. The Record with Greta Van Susteren airs weeknights at 6 o'clock Eastern right after Spicer and Company with Sean Spicer and Lindsay Keith. Up until just a few weeks ago, I had been working at WBT Radio in Charlotte, a fantastic conservative news talk station. And I was working on Monday, January 1st, you know, the legal New Year's Day holiday after the New Year's weekend. A very tough day to get guests, plus I was doing a four-hour show all by myself, so I really needed some guests. Greta Van Susteren was kind enough to wake up early, call in on the show, uh, and actually spent about 20 minutes with me. She probably would have spent more, but that was all the format would allow for. 
And for news outside of politics, let's go back to Thursday's edition of American Agenda with Bob Sellers. Some more on this afternoon's breaking news. Former Hollywood mogul Harvey Weinstein sentenced today in Los Angeles to an additional 16 years in prison on sexual assault charges. And Weinstein is already serving a 23-year prison sentence in New York. Joining us now to discuss is our legal panel, former federal prosecutors Andrew and Katie Oh, Cherkasky. look at that. How look about that? how charming you two And you are. know, the smartest thing about him is he was on and I asked who was a better lawyer and he said her. So he's a very wise so man. That shows you how smart he is. And I'm smart enough to start with Kate. There so, you go. <laughs> Katie, yes. Kate, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, a lot of people look at this and they they assuming he's been guilty of all these things. They don't want uh, Harvey Weinstein to get out. Well, Harvey Weinstein has faced a significant amount of allegations from so many people. But at the end of the day, He's really only been convicted of a very few of those. And that shows you that it is a very high standard in criminal court to prove beyond a reasonable doubt a lot of these sexual assault cases. But when when the prosecution is able to get there, and especially on a case alleging a violent rape, if the allegations are to be taken at face value, then that is worth a lot of time in jail. And that's what we've seen here. So there you go, slimy movie producer Harvey Weinstein sentenced to an additional 16 years in prison. He has no chance of parole anytime soon, but there are, of course, going to be appeals of his convictions. By the way, American Agenda is at 2 o'clock Eastern. And if you're not already watching Newsmax TV, don't forget you can find it on most major cable systems as well as platforms like Roku, Amazon, and Pluto. If you have AT&T or another provider that doesn't carry Newsmax, make sure you call them up and tell them you want Newsmax TV. And be sure to get the Newsmax app so you can watch your favorite shows like Wake Up America, National Report, American Agenda, Prime News, The Record, and all the other shows anywhere, anytime you want. Thank you for listening to Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. And I'll see you right back here on Monday. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.